Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. We talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back to Girl Water Your Grass. We are so excited to have one of our dearest friends and special guests with us here today. Miss Erin Ingold. So welcome, Erin. Welcome, Erin. Guys, I am so pumped to be here. I was like really wanting you to invite me on. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're so grateful. This is so awesome. And let me give our listeners a little um, window into who you are and what you do and how you've impacted us in our lives. So Erin and her husband, Matt, have their own company called Metanoia Catholic, and it is amazing. And Maria and I um, have been working with Erin. She's been working with us, I guess, for about a year now. And she's just been such a gift in helping us really level up our coaching abilities. And you've taught us so much about how to take people deeper, how to really hold space for people. Just so much of our, so many of our coaching skills, we really have learned from you. And Mm -hmm. so what they do at Metanoia Catholic is they, they form the formators, right? You coach the coaches, but on top of that, um, now they have the Metanoia Academy. So tell us a little bit about that. It's just been beautiful to watch you all and your dream come alive and what all you've done. You all were the first people to do a virtual conferences, uh, virtual Catholic conferences, and it's for, for all Christians. And so we're just so excited to have you here and um, tell us a little bit about your all's journey and your dream come to fruition in the Academy and how people can get involved. Oh my goodness. Okay. So how much time do I have? No, I can make this very brief. Um, so we decided to create the Academy because we actually have a product called our metanoia daily seven journal. And there were a lot of people who wanted to take that deeper, wanted to take the journaling deeper. Um, we are Catholic mindset coaches. There it is. Yes. There's M case. Good girl. You filling that out? Um, so we are Catholic mindset coaches. We saw the need was great out there. There were, there was like a lot of people responding to this journal and they were like, how do we take this deeper? And so we created an Academy. It's a subscription model. So it's like, you can join monthly if you want. Um, but we have, workshops in it. We have live group coaching, which is so powerful. Once a week we're doing that. And we are, um, just creating platforms for, uh, for other Catholic coaches. So MK, you said that, um, we wanted to form the four meters and really ultimately that is like what the Lord has placed on our heart. So we want to form the human form formators that we so desperately need in our church. I would say across the board, Catholic Christian church, across the board, we need human formation. And we were just talking about this. 
Um, but we want to form the formators. Both Matt and I have worked in a church, many churches actually, and ministries, and there was such a lack of human formation. So that all that spiritual formation had no like bed to lay on, you know? And so we were like, okay, let's get to the basics because exactly what we were saying before, grace builds upon nature. And so we need to naturally first know how to acquire virtue so that we can be open to grace and infuse virtue. Um, Theology of the body is a a huge part of our formation as well. And so we wanted to tie all that together, but my real passion is forming the formators and training Catholic coaches, because I just find so many beautiful people who love their faith and love coaching and love the self-development world and really have not been able to find this marriage of the two. Mm-hmm. It's kind of either or. Yeah. yeah. And you're brilliant at it. You're so, so good at. Oh, thanks, Maria. Unbelievable. It's just, it's been so fun. A little backdrop too on Erin. She and I actually went to college together. So we go way back with fun, hilarious history. <laughs> yes. And it was meant to be able to reconnect, you know, in, in combining these, these worlds of um, just coaching and faith in so many aspects. And so we want to shift gears just a little bit now here. Okay. Cause one of the things that you guys do, that is very, I feel like it's very unique. It was something that, um, you have a very keen understanding of emotions and the role that they play. And I love, so when, so both MK and I went through your guys course, the purgative way, which is for coaches and it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. And- Yes. And I guess you could go through, even if you weren't a coach, you would still get so much out of it, but it, particularly for coaches, it's phenomenal. And it was amazing. Cause I had, so something I had been doing with, with a lot of my clients was taking them through some emotional processing and different things just because of my background. And it was the first time that I had seen someone do that. Um, the way that you guys did in, uh, like in a group setting and in a, um, in a way that, just your guys' understanding of emotions, the role they play, how they impact what's not happening, because there's a tendency in the world today where we either seem to indulge, you know, where we just, well, I am my emotions, basically, I'm just an emotional person, whatever, or we totally just stuff them down, or we buffer them, or we pretend like they don't exist. Well, I'm just going to change my mindset real quick, so I don't feel that. And you guys just have a beautiful way of diving into that, explaining the role of them, what do you do with them, et cetera. So I would love for us to dive into that today and really start to talk about that. You know, can you tell us what is the point of emotions? You know, why do we have emotions? Are they good or are they bad? There's a lot of discussion on that. What can you tell our listeners? Ooh, about those are two questions. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so, okay. I remember learning actually the first time I was really learning about emotions and I'm like sad to say this and this is why we're trying to fill this hole in our Catholic faith in our Catholic church but I heard it from a secular life coach school that at the life coach school where I went and I was like this is so good this this is really good stuff and it feels incomplete so like everything else that I would do in training other coaches And even just doing my own research, I go, well, what do the church fathers say about this? What does the catechism say about this? Mm -hmm. Well, wouldn't you know, emotions are in the catechism, in the morality section. So there's an entire section in the catechism and it talks about 
our conscious consciousness. It talks about our emotions. It talks about our actions. It talks about all the morality around that. So I'm like, oh, okay, what does this say? The first thing that struck me was in the catechism, it says this, emotions are morally neutral. Like what? Because I grew up in the church, everybody going, don't follow your emotions, which we can all see the wisdom behind that, right? Because mm-hmm. exactly what you said, there's the overindulgence, the triggered culture, if you will, like I am my emotions, or you said this, and so I feel angry immediately. There's no mm-hmm. rationality there. That's what St. Thomas Aquinas calls antecedent passion or antecedent emotion. And so it like jumps, there's just no reason behind it. Just you immediately feel emotional about something. Mm. Um, so there's that overindulgence and then, um, and then there is a lack of it. And I think the lack, the, the stoicism to the umpteenth degree, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, like I would say a caricature of stoicism, right. Where it's just Mm -hmm. like, I have no feelings at all. And Mm -hmm. therefore I am strong, right. We hear that all the time, or I am holy, but guys, we know this, there are saints in the church, there are doctors of the church that were very emotional people. (laughs) Okay. What about numbing? Like it's, you know, you just numb. And so you really don't feel that you. Yes, exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. You're just pretending like you're pretending I'm strong, but you're not really. Yeah. Yes. We call that buffering. And I'm like, I was a world-class buffer because I do have very high emotions. (laughs) I have Give Give our listeners an example of what buffering would be. Okay. Buffering is when you take an action to avoid feeling an emotion. So obviously it like a lot of times it could be actually a really helpful action. It could be a productive action. I, I know. A lot of people, oh yeah. A ton. <laughs> yes. My husband buffers with work. Right. And so he's like highly productive, <laughs> but when you're actually not processing an emotion appropriately, mm. um, and you're running from it and you're going to an action either to avoid the emotion or this is another way I see buffering to try to fix the emotion. Mm. Okay. So loneliness, for instance, a lot of people are like, I feel lonely. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go be on social media. So that's like the action that they're doing and it's buffering, but it is a sense of numbing. That's a great word for (laughs) it. So, um, because you're like, I just can't handle this emotion. Or if you've been raised in the faith, like our, you know, in the church, it's like, emotions are bad. Well, guess what? In the catechism, it says they are morally neutral. The only thing that makes them moral is the action that is done from them. Mm. Mm -hmm. And what would you say? Because some people are like, well, I just don't want to feel, I just don't want to feel like, I just don't want to feel anything. What would you say as far as them, how can emotions be used as a good? How would you say that they can be used? Yeah. A lot of people, they look at quote unquote, like negative emotions or basically emotions they don't want to feel because they're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, well, I just don't want to feel any of that. Mm. What is your response to that? How would you explain, you know? Oh, that's a, that's a deep question. Um, so I like looking at, you know, Maria and I, we, we taught this class together. I like looking at emotions as first of all, like check engine light on your car, right? Like there's something else going on behind the scenes here. All emotions come from a thought in your head. 
a sentence in your brain. We just need to pause there for a second. Yes. It's for the people in the back. Let's say that one more time. All right. <laughs> Do you need me to like talk louder with this one? Hello, everyone listen. Okay. Yes. Every emotion that you have comes from a thought in your mind, in your mind, mm-hmm. not anybody else's mind, your mind. So when you feel angry, it's because you're thinking angry thoughts. Mm, you talk about taking back responsibility. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, guys, I remember learning this and being like, it was a bittersweet moment. And like, this is bitter because like, dang, I got to take a lot. It's more all me. That's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. And then it's sweet also. also because, go yeah. ahead. It's sweet because it shows you, I do have so much more control than I thought I had. I'm not a victim to my emotions and I'm not, my rise and fall does not have to come by how I feel right now. And how can I change that? Right. So how can we begin to change emotions or to, you know, there's a time you, we, we're not always going to feel positive emotions and it's Mm -hmm. not really helpful to at all to try to numb and say, oh, I'm happy, happy, happy when we're someone that we love passes away. That's not a normal human response, Mm. right? So talk to us a little bit about, you know, not numbing negative emotions, but being willing to lean into them because they serve a purpose and it wouldn't be a normal human response to be happy when someone we love passes away. Amen. Yeah. I think it's the word appropriate. So Mm. that is like, the powerful word here mm-hmm. is this, and, and it does demand slowing down. And this is why we love the journal as, or any mm-hmm. type of journaling as something as a tool to slow your processing down. Mm-hmm. Um, so appropriate applies to um, what, what is the appropriate emotional response to this? Like, just like you said, when your grandmother passes away, when somebody dies, we want to be sad about that. We don't want to even rush through the grief process. We want to be like, every time we think about grandma, like I feel like I feel a loss and that's okay. And I'm totally fine with that. Right. Yes. And not to say grief isn't uncomfortable and grief isn't like, you know, uh, actually feeling that emotion of grief. It's sad. Right. So you're like, mm. but I see a lot of people do this. I see a lot of people kind of rush out of their grief and rush out of their sadness and then go to comfort seeking or buffering activities. Um, but what happens is exactly what you were saying, MK, before um, we, we have this thought that we should be feeling joy all the time. We should be feeling happy all the time. Mm. And just even accepting that is not the case because I don't want to feel happy when grandma dies. Yeah. True. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't want to feel happy when something awful happens. Like I want to be compassionate. I want, I want to feel empathy. I want to feel sadness. And so that step of acceptance is huge. Um, another thing that we need to know is thoughts lead to an emotion. Emotion leads to action. And so we can also look at our emotions as fuel for our actions. We can actually utilize emotions because remember, they're morally neutral. We can utilize them as something to get into action. So this is actually what we're going to be talking about next month in the Academy, talking about emotions being fuel for action, but also how to take massive action and how to actually utilize our emotions for that. Um, 
there it's just it's such a dynamic topic that nobody's talking about and i'm so glad you guys are doing this podcast because it's i i think we've all been raised i don't want to like blame society or anything like that but i will say i've always been a highly emotional person and i took that as a bad thing yeah it's a cultural i mean it's yeah. just the culture we've been raised in it is true you know yeah. not to blame but to recognize so that we can if we can't recognize that we can't change it right men and yeah. so it's, I look uh, at it as like, I look at it as like the X-Men, you know, like how they like have these like powers and they don't know how to use them. And they go to that school. Like, I really do look at our emotional strength. Like the amount that we feel emotions mm. is actually strength. It just needs to be directed towards something. Oh, I love that. I love to think, I love the analogies, you know, cause it makes you be able to apply in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's three and I are having, um, workshop on emotional processing coming up for all of our listeners and anyone who wants to come on um, Tuesday, August 24th. That's, that's one reason, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we're talking about emotions and we thought who better to have on to talk about emotions than Aaron, because you understand emotions on such a deep level and Mm -hmm. how how they are not who we are not victims of our emotions, but I love when Brene Brown says, you know, some, she's somebody I really love on vulnerability and courage and if we don't feel sadness and uh, anger and those emo- those negative emotions on a deep level and lean into that, then we can't experience the level of joy that, that we would on a positive note. Mm-hmm. And that's to me is just so encouraging to say, yes, you will have sad times. You will have negative emotions, but lean into that and really learn to process it. And we're going to take our listeners and whoever comes to this workshop through an emotional processing exercise, because would you say that most, we have not been taught how to process our emotions. And most nope. people that we take through this, I've never had one person tell me they've, they've everyone says, I've never done that before. I've never actually processed <laughs> yeah. an emotion and, how, and how powerful it is. And the cool thing afterwards too, is some, they're like, I feel lighter. Like there's yes. a physical experience. Of, they're like, release lighter. I feel so much more free. I feel, you know, sometimes there's been like physical releases in their mm-hmm. bodies. Yeah. And, um, what about, you know, th- there is such a tendency to where, to where we don't, we don't want to feel the negative. How would you talk with someone through, there's something powerful about letting yourself feel, we try so hard to buffer, right. And we talked about that to push it away, to buffer it. How would you walk someone through though, who learning to actually feel their emotions. What would you say to that person who they're like, I just don't know how to feel them. I just, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know like how many are you guys like, are a lot of your listeners, Christian Catholic, because this is like what I do, right. I bring Jesus into everything. I I would say one more Christian than just Catholic. Great. Okay. Yeah. This is for them too. Um, so what we do know is that because Jesus took everything on himself, Mm-hmm. when he died right through the passion and the crucifixion that includes emotions he knows what emotions feel like and i think when i talk to people and they go i don't want to feel the emotion and i go here's what i want to tell you processing an emotion and neuroscientists say this people who've, who've done a lot of studies on this it takes about 90 seconds for you to feel an emotion. That's about it. Once you actually allow it. Mm. Wow. Yes. 
I love 90, the science behind it. 90, 90 seconds. seconds. And I mean, I'm sure there's probably other studies done, but about 90 seconds, if you don't resist it, mm. if you resist it, it becomes much longer. And it's, it's a lot like a holding a beach ball underwater and you're putting all this energy in and it comes up anyway, right? That resistance mm-hmm. is happening the whole time. And then you're like exhausted and you flip out everyone when you're tired. At so the you end have of the a day. straw that broke the camel's back, <laughs> you know what, right? Well, and you know what that reminds me of actually is that, so I, w- I was listening to a podcast yesterday or the day before, and they were telling this, and I, I remember hearing this story years ago and forgot about it, but it, to me, it's very much to the point. So Colorado is one of the, the only places where both um, cows and buffalo graze. Mm. And what's so fascinating though, is when storms come up there on the prairie, whatever prairie or it's called, they, uh, they, they rise up in the West and they, and they flow East. Okay. Mm. The cows, as soon as they sense it's coming, they run west to east. So they end up staying in the storm the whole time. Like it's, it's miserable. They're like literally the entire time. The they're storm, moving with the storm. They're moving with the storm. Okay. Hmm. Because they're trying to avoid the pain of it. Buffalo, as soon as it rises from the west, they actually run towards it and they go through it. Mm. And then they come out. So they're facing it head on and they're going directly through the storm, but they actually come out free and it's, yeah, it's painful, but it's quick. Right. Whereas the other, they're actually prolonging their pain. Mm. And to me with this emotional, with emotional processing, actually feeling your emotions. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's more painful in those 90 seconds. Right. But then there's freedom on that other side. You're getting out of the storm because you're willing to step into it versus I'm running away from it. I got to get away. I got to get away. And it's still, yeah. it's, it's like, what is it? Whenever a, a dog's chasing their tail and it keeps hitting them, it keeps yeah. it. Right. right. That's what it reminds me of though. That's such a good analogy. And that is so good. That's like, it's a hamster wheel. It's you're just like, yeah. run, 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 run. And, and we've seen people literally, if you don't process, like you said, 90 seconds, we've seen people hold on to this for years, years. It's so sad years. Yeah. And I will tell you just the freedom that came from realizing this, like, mm. oh my goodness. So I even, the interesting thing too, is when you enter into this, and this is what I say to my clients and really as a coach, and I know you guys have experienced this too, just holding them and being like, I mean, not physically holding them, that would be weird and <laughs> impossible over Zoom, right. but um, holding them, like holding the space for, and, and then being like, it's okay. It's actually not as scary as you think. Yes. And I always remind them that, and this is where it gets super powerful when Jesus comes in to the moment. Yes. I can always tell them, I have them close their eyes and I'm like, let's process where this is in your body. Because guys, we even know this, that there are molecules of emotion. When a thought is brought from your unconscious mind into your conscious mind when you're thinking it, right? Either you're writing it out on paper or saying it out loud or thinking it. There is a molecule of emotion released through your body. There's neuropeptides, there's hormones released through your body. So you experience it in your body. This is theology of the body. This is, you are experiencing what is going on in your mind, in your body. This is not weird woo-woo stuff. This is legit. <laughs> this is science. science. And it this is in the catechism. Mm-hmm. So- talking about where our emotions come from, which is our thoughts. And God made them. God made our emotions. He made our bodies to work like this. Amen. Right. Right? So we could experience 
truth so we could experience goodness. Like that is why life to the fullest. I know. So he, uh, he did experience everything on the cross. So it's great. The, the, I think a lot of people think, um, feeling our emotions is meaningless. It's kind of like a waste of time too. I think that's also another thought behind it all. Um, and I say no, and especially even the painful ones, Mm -hmm. which honestly, if you were to actually emotion, like process them and feel them, they're not that painful. It's like a buzzing or something like it's, it's maybe a tension or something. The most painful thing are the thoughts in your head. Right. But when we invite the Lord into it, there's so much meaning. There's like, it's just, um, it's great fodder for prayer, a really powerful, intimate prayer and experience with the Lord. So, and you see that nothing is wasted, you know, that nothing, that not a single thing is wasted, not our pain, not our emotions, not our life experiences. There's just nothing, you know, God doesn't waste anything. And as we always say here is that, you know, God's dreams over us are bigger than our, than our own. And that includes Mm. our experience of emotions and our experience of life, that there's a greater good that is coming out of even those emotions that are painful or that we don't want to experience. And it's an opportunity for us to grow in virtue, right? Like what, how can you mold me and shape me through this? Mm. Because that's, that's what we're called to do here to be molded and shaped into the best version of ourselves. And how can we do that? If we don't lean into that, when we ignore and numb, we we're not being molded and shaped. We're just Mm. buffering. And so it really is an opportunity, right. To grow. What would you say also, one of the things that I've really noticed with a lot of my clients that has been very powerful, and I'd love to hear your experience with that is there's also been something really powerful when they're able to process their emotions and someone's also there acknowledging them almost Mm -hmm. there to be present within that. Have you had experiences within that as a coach, um, where it was doubly powerful? Yes, because Jesus was there with them in it. Mm-hmm. And having someone physically over Zoom, but you know, having someone also um, almost acknowledge, yeah, and witness mm-hmm. those emotions as they're processing through them. Because, and even though you know, yeah, they're not telling us necessarily all the backstory or all that, you know, it's not. Um, but that there's been, so I have seen that be very powerful with my clients. I have someone there witnessing that with them. What yeah. have you found for that? Oh man, I think that is so, so powerful. And and there have been times where I know somebody needs to process an emotion. And I also know that they're clinging to this thought, whatever it is that's leading to that emotion. There's like, there's real justification. And the minute I even go, I'm going to allow you to keep this thought. Like I'm, I'm going, I'm not going to try to pry it out of your hands. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's a thought in your brain, but, the, but what happens is they feel heard and validated in that moment. And I say, let's just, but let's just see where this thought leads. Let's see if it's true. Let's just look at it from a different perspective. And, and if it leads to an emotion that is maybe unnecessary and not appropriate for this response, then maybe we can look at it that way. But I, I think even just saying, that allowance, like what you were saying and, and that community, that validation, I think, I think there's so many people who just don't feel validated yeah, in what they're heard. experiencing. Yes. yes. We want to feel hard. We want to know we matter as humans. Right. And one, so one yeah. last question actually on this, that I think I actually be- have a couple too. So it's not the last. <laughs> yes. What about 
Um, okay. So when someone has felt their emotion, okay. And they actually let's backtrack that someone hasn't. Okay. And they're just trying to change their mindset right by, okay, let's rewire blah, blah. I find that a lot of times they get stuck where they can't even change that thought process because of the emotional, you know, they mm. were because they haven't processed this. What have you found with that, with people, why that's powerful in order to even be able to create those new neuro pathways, to be able to, yes. you know, to switch that. Yeah. That's, I think that's really interesting. And I think, I think what I've been finding is, um, I, I always like to say that the inter- interior life, there's two doorways in, and I think everybody actually, there's like a couple doorways in, but I will say the two main doorways in are, what are you thinking and what are you feeling? And it kind of depends on, on the person, like the subjective experience, if they are a highly emotional person like myself, I, I just feel emotions quicker and stronger than I don't like sit there and think about my thinking. Like I had to learn that yeah. skill. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I look at that as being like a doorway in. And so you're right on about that. I think certain people have to process an emotion first in order to access the thought and anger. I mean, like we know this, we know that anger, when you are in a state of anger, you you cannot even rationally think. Yeah. Right. Yes. It's a layered emotion, right? Yeah. In those moments, you got to go breathe. You got to go do something else. I know Maria talks about breathing exercises. Like you got to go just get out of the situation and breathe and then simmer down, simmer down. Yeah. So Mm. you do need to process emotions in a lot of scenarios. I think where it's really helpful to find out the thought is usually after the fact, like, like a day after. (laughs) And that's kind of the first level of awareness. Like you're kind of like, what did I do yesterday? Why did I not like that? And so we talk about that in journaling too, like how you can focus on an emotion or a thought that you had yesterday. And that's kind of, we're moving closer to the event. (laughs) You're able to take a step back and just kind of have, you know, some reasonable thoughts about it instead of having such a heightened emotion. And you know, there's, there, there is a difference. Like Maria is an internal processor. I'm an external processor. You know mm-hmm. that because you've worked with both of us. And I think having that respect of like, oh, she's not talking to me right now. She's upset. But like knowing that this is how she processes and respecting that. And she probably gets nuts. Cause I call her and I'm like, I'm ticked off about this. She's yeah. thinking, what the heck? Love it. <laughs> Total waste, you know, but knowing that about each other. And so I would encourage all of our listeners that just to get to know maybe your spouse is an internal processor and your external and just respecting people for how God made them and not being frustrated because we're all different. Right. So Erin yes. totally gets my external processing. She's like, Oh girl, you know, you're an external processor, but knowing that I'm going to talk through my feelings aloud and really get to the, to the root of that. And Maria probably has a lot less apologies because she processes it all inside before she shows up and grows Just up, get impatient right? with me though, because I'm like, guys, I'm going to have to set up some time and then I'll come back. Right. So anyway, I think that's I mean, that is now. right. It, would you say those are the only two ways we're either naturally an external or an internal processor? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think everybody has certainly their own way. Um, I think temperament has such a huge piece to do with that. 
um, I, I like to say to my external processors, cause I'm married to one is, um, I will say, I don't like, you can go journal on this or you can just go record yourself <laughs> like on your phone. <laughs> listen to yourself and how ridiculous you sound. It's what we call thought recon, a verbal thought recon, you know, on your phone or whatever, record it. But that I, yeah, I think just know, know thyself. Know thyself to oneself. Yeah. And I think it helps us to know how to love one another better too. And we understand that, you know, cause it's like, you're the external processor. People could be like, Oh my gosh, stop talking. Or they could listen. Or if you're an internal process, it could be like, well, you just hurry up and talk. And you're like, and actually giving them that space that they need, you know, just yeah, it's yes. funny cause it, it gives us all definitely opportunities to it really does as well, to love well, which is the goal of, of why we're here. Right. Yeah. So one other question that I had for you that you're so good at talking. And I think that in this world of development, a lot of times we talk about the power of positive thinking. And mm-hmm. I love how you say the power of positive thinking doesn't work. So can you answer that question? Why does the power of positive thinking not work? I think that's really powerful. Oh, girl. I'm like, we did a whole podcast on this. So, and it was good. To- Look it up. Okay. Let me try to like make it really <laughs> concise. It sounds funny too, because I'm a mindset coach. And so people are like, what? Okay. So what I mean by positive thinking is just slapping a positive thought over something that you haven't processed yet, like over an unreasonable thought or an unreasonable emotion, just slapping it on there and going, maybe if I just keep repeating this, it will stick. Well, I mean, our brains are beautiful, beautiful, beautiful creations of God. And we are way more sophisticated than that. Like our higher functioning parts of our brains, our minds are going, yeah, I don't believe that (laughs) every time we, every time we say that thing that we don't believe. And so we're really kind of wasting our time and our breath in those moments. And so what, what we teach at Mennonite Catholic is we have to address what's going on underneath it. It's like, you put a bandaid on a battle wound that needs, you know, antibiotic and needs to be like, you know, taken this, this huge two by four or whatever, whatever, like the bullets out of that battle wound, you got to take that out first. You got to kind of look at that first. We can't just put a bandaid on it and be like, ah, all healed, you know? Right. And so uh, the quickest way that I could describe that is really, that's why I think positive thinking doesn't work now. If you have the correct disposition to receive that positive thought, which means you've done work, you've done the thought work on it, you've looked at it reasonably, you've prayed through it, you asked for the Lord's interpretation on it, you've processed that emotion. If you've done all that, it might work. Yeah. I'm not making any promises, but it might. <laughs> so good. It's so, so good. And just understanding to know that self, know what you're really thinking, what you really believe in, being true and honest with yourself, right? So I just love, and that, that podcast is definitely worth looking, looking into if you're struggle with positive thinking and, and thinking that's going to work, check it out on Metanoia Catholics podcast. So it's actually called the power of positive thinking, I think, isn't it the name of the podcast? I think it's called why positive thinking doesn't work doesn't now. Work. And okay. I do want to say to this, I said this in the podcast too, there are sometimes when it does work and, and when it does work, it's because it's not, um, uh, old belief system. It's not like a really well-rooted, like it's, it's similar to trees. Okay. So it's like just a sapling and you just pull it out Mm -hmm. of the ground. No big deal. 
one positive thought could maybe turn that around, you know, not such a far stretch either. Right. right? So like, you know, but if it's got like a tree, if it's tree with really deep roots, that's not going to work. Yeah. You can Mm. just keep pulling, right. It's not going to budge. So no, oh, this is so much goodness. We just are so blessed by you and all you have taught us and we continue to learn from you. And we just encourage our listeners. If your Catholic Metanoia Academy is an amazing resource to check out. Um, there is so much goodness there. You can uh, sign up for the monthly subscription and get into as much as you want, right? There's no limit once you're. Yeah, no. And we actually have a free trial, um, trial run right now that you can just try it out for seven days and see if you like it. It's one of my favorite topics. We talk about the model and the, like the power of what the way that you think. And oh, we're so, going to have to have you back to talk about the model. That will be, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That would be so cool. But, um, you can find us on catholiccoaching.com or metanoiacatholic.com. It goes to the same place. And they're um, journals. I, I want to just plug this, whether you're Catholic or whether you're any other faith base, the journals, I, cause I have a lot of gals who are not Catholic, who actually love the journal. It's amazing. Well. It's amazing. So it just, it really takes you through your thoughts through processing those through gratitude, through just all the important things that you need as part of a good morning or evening routine. And to just really thrive in your life, the journals phenomenal again, no matter what faith based you are. Cause I have people across the board who use it. And it I'm really, sure. it really is processing your emotions with Jesus or yeah. with God, if you your want thoughts. it to be God. And that's just absolutely encouraging for all of us because and even as how you've taught us as coaches to give it to God, because we can't be the savior, nor were we designed to be. And when you think that your therapist or your coach or your friend or your mentor is going to be your savior, then you're going to end in a roadblock. And yeah. so it really does take the pressure off of us because we are not your savior. We yeah. are here to help you hold space, to impart, help you figure out what you're going through, all those things, but really ultimately it's God that does the work and his grace that does everything. Good your mind. <laughs> we point to the creator and all praise, glory, and thanksgiving given to him. So one last question we like to ask all of our listeners is how are you watering your grass in this season of your life? Oh, um, okay. So what is it? Does that mean? Like, how am I, how am I filling your cup watering? Your okay. So I've started doing, I've always had a really interesting relationship with goal setting, like very dramatic and very not fun. I remember (laughs) you saying that. (laughs) I I know. And here I am a coach and I'm like, yeah, I don't like, I don't know how to set goals (laughs) and achieve them, (laughs) but, um, my husband does. And so he fills in the gaps there. But, uh, so what I've been doing is setting fun goals for myself. So I'm like, I want to listen to music more. I want to um, just take a moment and and really be okay with taking a moment and just being kind to myself. I remember the moment looking in, at myself in the mirror and just being like, it's time to be kind. Mm, oh, that's so good. We're so hot on ourselves and that's so good. Just being kind and fun. I love a fun goal. I love it too. It's so fun. It's like, what do I want to do more? That's fun. And I'm only allowed to pick Mm. a fun goal. That's great. Great way to water your grass. So we are so grateful for having you here and continue to learn about emotional processing and self-image and how to really feel good about who you are and what God has made you for. So that's really what we're diving into here in August. And we just thank you so much for being here. 
And we'll see you next week on Girl Water Your Grass. Bye. Thanks, you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you.